Welcome to the Unseasonable Gardener. I feel welcomed. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> Where mistakes and adventures are celebrated regarding anything that grows. Um, I'm Julia Estomina. This is my very first podcast, and I'm really excited to introduce the person that I'll be interviewing or talking with for the first time ever, Dr. James K. Harris. I'm, I'm so excited to be here. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited for this project. I'm excited. I, yay. So you, this is your fault, this whole thing, <laughs> because you started your own podcast, which is fantastic. And how many episodes do you already have uploaded? 22. Nice. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, we do. A, it's a, me and my good friend, Nick Flores, who you know from Ohio State, Dr. Nick Flores, mm -hmm. uh, who's, we went to grad school together at Ohio State. He's now at the University of Illinois, Urbana-Champaign. And so he got a tenure track job and I had a tenure track job and we were both just like, I don't understand what we're doing and I don't understand any of the things you're supposed to know. And through that commiserating, we would like have these week long phone calls that were just like, or hour long phone calls once a week that were just like, all the things that happened this week and I don't know where to put all this energy and we decided that maybe it would be helpful to share them and so we started sharing them and it's been really like it's been just nice to have an archive like I think more than anything else that's the part about the genre that I really appreciate it's like I have a record of each of my thoughts and where I was at every step of the last year and that's been really helpful and the name of the podcast the name of the podcast is learning on the job there you go yeah and so I think when I talked to you and you told me about it I was I admire the fact that you just kind of went for it. And I realized through uh, various, uh, you know, kind of experiences that I wanted to create a space for myself to have conversations like this. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I am, you know, at my job and as a parent, I think I suffer from imposter stress and perfectionism and all the things. And I wanted to create a place where I could be imperfect and celebrate those things, like the, the crazy things that happen that you can't control. Um, so I'm really excited about this. And I was wondering if you could give me a few tips. Like, do you actually prepare for a podcast? Because I'm completely unprepared. That's uh, a lie, because I have a notebook in front of me yes. with a couple of notes. <laughs> I, I know that you prepare slightly. But like, yes, I mean, I think that like, you know, it's a it's a no rules just right kind of genre. So like, because I do a podcast with another person, some amount of preparation has to happen just mm -hmm. so like, we show up at the same place at the same time. Um, but in terms of an agenda, we have over time developed, like we have, you know, segments. So like we do a bit that's like about higher education news. We do a segment where we're sort of just talking through what we're reading every time. We do a segment where we're just sort of talking about like random thoughts we're having. Uh, and so like, I think having those signposts give us a place to slot the thinking we have each week in. But there are definitely times where it's like, here's the thing I want to talk about. It doesn't really fit any of the things we're doing. So we're just going to do it. Um, yeah, no rules, just right. I love that freedom. Um, I forgot to mention how I know you. Yes, we all went to grad school together, but you, I, I think, are my closest friend. In fact, you are Uncle James in our family, and you're as close to a brother, I think, as, as I'll ever have. So that makes me so happy. You, you so helped proud. us pack our thing. You threw me a margarita party after I defended my PhD, which was, you know, you, and you hosted and made delicious uh, desserts and things like that, which was very nice. I remember this party well. It was truly, I enjoyed throwing it, I think, more than you enjoyed having it. It was. <laughs> A really good time and you helped us pack our little tiny cups and i wasn't sure if i'll ever see you again because at the time you were in ohio and finishing your degree and i was headed to yale because my partner had a postdoc there and so and then you actually ended up in pennsylvania right for a couple of years just one just one but okay. it felt like 10. 
Um, and that's and I was at a wonderful school that I loved a lot, uh, Carl Dickinson College in Carlisle, Pennsylvania. And Dickinson is such a cool school, and it's like truly some of the kindest, most helpful, like just amazing people I've ever met. But man, that school is like inside of a town that is like a retirement community in Trump country. And it was not a place one wants to live for super long periods of time. So like I, I made my year of visiting assistant professoring through and I was just like, I don't think I can live here. I think I need to live somewhere where I don't feel like um, I'm just waiting for the end. Yeah. And so then you got a job in New York. And then I got incredibly lucky. I got a, not just a job, I got like a tenure track job. Like I got like the kind of, I don't have to go back on the market in the fall and keep looking for employment job. And so I've been doing that for the last, this will be the start of my fourth year. Uh, and I've been living in the city and you know, I'm a, I'm a good Midwesterner. So like I moved to New York with almost no understanding of the city and I was coming to work at Bronx Community College and so I felt in my soul, like it's wrong to move to a place to work at a community college where you know nothing about the community. And so I insisted on moving to the Bronx, um, which was, I think, the right decision at the time and not the right decision for me now. But tell us where you grew up. This matters. Right. So I'm originally from Dayton, Ohio, uh, where there's, you know, space and like green space. And, and my, my growing up experience was like having a yard to manage, but like not necessarily a whole like grass but not necessarily a whole lot else. Um, and then all through like undergrad and college, I was in Columbus and I was in Ohio, but never in places where like I had space that I needed to be like outdoor space. Like in mm -hmm. Columbus, I was on the second floor, so I had a balcony, not a yard. Um, and then when I moved to Carlisle, I had this like, because for the first time I had an actual salary and also cost of living in Carlisle was crazy, crazy low. So I was able to afford to rent a four bedroom house it was the most unnecessary exit <laughs> like to this day i don't know what i was thinking but it was it was fun i guess i had a yard for a bit but again it was mostly just like grass and then like a little and then two flowers that i think saw me pulling up and said we'll just die now <laughs> let's just let's just not do this to ourselves um and i tried to maybe it's that i tried to water them every day oh, yeah. but whatever the approach was it did not work there's some, um, there's something about i think we love food too so this could have easily been a, a food you know podcast or blog but there's just so many there's way more than gardening fair and uh i think there's something about like nourishing someone by making them food and i i, I absolutely killed all of my plants house plants the same way when you don't it's almost like the the nature the things that have worked for me were because the soil and the outside and the outdoors were like okay we're gonna check you a little bit and help you out Absolutely. give you give you what we think you, your this little plant needs because you're overwatering and I too uh, have killed many a plant over Truly, time. Truly, like I think that as a kid I thought I was like keeping plants and it turns out I was just tending weeds. Like there are things <laughs> that can't really die. Although, it's like I had a plant that I it was mint and it was like, oh, you're you're not growing mint. The mint's growing itself and you're just kind of there. Well, this is going to be a different different podcast and conversation, but I have a friend who is an expert gardener named Colin who to told me that it's just about your perspective of what's a weed and what's not like whatever you want to fill the space because I actually put in spearmint and everyone's terrified and horrified for me because they're like it's gonna grow everywhere and I'm like I prefer that to the poison ivy or something else like so I'm a, I, I put it in a place where it's okay for it to be itself I respect vigor I have a I also I have a fondness for weeds I have a fondness for unkemptness there's something about like manicure overly manicured sort of like nature 
that makes me a little anxious. That said, I mean, here in Brooklyn, like I wander around, I'm now living in um, South Slope, which is like adjacent to Park Slope, Brooklyn. And it is, there's truly like just gorgeous yards around people who are clearly spending a lot of time and energy on it. And like, there's something really impressive and beautiful about like insisting that kind of natural beauty into a space where there's so little of it. Um, yeah. And so that's, I've been, I've been inspired to try again. Also now I'm living here. So when I first moved to New York, I was living in the Bronx. Uh, I was living in spaces that were like, you know, small and relatively high up. Uh, and so for the first time, my partner works out in Brooklyn. And so he was making the commute basically five days a week from the Bronx to Brooklyn. Uh, and it, it was, it was a lot for him. Uh, and so, and, and so I had the kind of job where I don't have to be on campus five days a week. I have to be there maybe once or twice, especially now in the pan post pandemic world where we're teaching in this kind of weird hybrid model. So I'm home a lot more. And so we said, let's, let's do something that works for both of us. Let's maybe make the move out to Brooklyn. And um, we found this space that we love that has like an outdoor space. Mm. And that was one of the big selling points because we have a dog and I love my dog and butters. So, butters. And so like we have a dog and I wanted him to have a yard so that I wouldn't have to keep taking him on walks every time he needs to go pee, especially when it's raining or snowing. Um, and so I wanted an outdoor space. And what I got was like perfectly set up for a yard, yeah. uh, or, or like a garden of some sort. And you know, I am still me. <laughs> so like, I need, I need guidance. I need to, I need a plan. Cause otherwise this will end with a patch of dirt and my hurt feelings. So, um, before I ask you, because I, I gave you a present and it's probably the, for some people, like the worst gift you could possibly give somebody, but it's tied to what we, what it is that we're doing here. And the excuse that I gave my partner for taking care of my two kids, like, oh no, I have to do this. This is very important. Right. Um, but he gets it. Um, before we get off to that, like what I wanted to talk about is that we're both researchers, right? Like that's what we're trained to do. We both have PhDs. And I thought about looking at other, you know, podcasts and blogs about gardening. And I realized I don't want to do that because then I would get easily intimidated, right? Because it's all about giving advice. And I, I, I grew up in a Russian culture and with the Russian culture, it's very much, it's very important to give advice and to have that advice be taken. This is just things that I'm processing now. I have two little kids and the things that they come up with, I have a uh, four and a seven year old. And like, you just, you, you, the things that come out of my mouth surprise me all the time, like how pedantic I can sound, um, but also the things that the, the conversations that arise. So like in terms of telling people what to do or thinking that you have all the answers, it's a lot. And so this space is very much about exploration as is your new garden space, outdoor space. Congratulations. It's a I'm sitting right now. This is the first time literally an hour ago I walked in here. It's a gorgeous apartment. It's beautiful Thank um, you. and situated in a lovely block with like a school down the road and um, like a little walkway outside too, right? There's like mm -hmm. a little parkway and apparently there's like a dog beach. Yeah, there's a dog beach at Prospect Park and there's a dog slope. Like if you go down to the end of the street, there's a bunch of dogs just hanging out every day in a little patch of dirt where they run and poop. Yeah, yeah. It's a, really, it's a gorgeous part of the city. I'm excited to be here trying to do my part to not just contribute concrete and dirt. So the present I gave you is I went to Home Depot, as you would, and I got you like a gigantic pot looking thing that kind of has the color of clay, but it's plastic because as I learned through trial and error, clay uh, cracks in the wintertime when you forget to put it away. Did not know that until it happened. And then I got you a gigantic bag of dirt 
with lots of nutrients in it. So actually, <laughs> the present is yet to come because today or tomorrow we're going. You're, we're going to figure out what it is that you want to put in there as your first kind of start to your garden. Um, and I'm curious about. This is what I want to actually. The meat of our conversation today is kind of what we can talk out loud about the types of things or theme or whatever it is that you want to be in there. But before we go into that, I'd love to know your background with plants in the sense of like how you grew up, because there are people that in my life where it's like no one grew anything. And like the idea of keeping a plant alive is very foreign. There are people who have, for me, for example, I have crazy imposter stress with gardening because my grandmother and my mother are incredible gardeners. My mother, in it's like a lot, like they're really good at what they do. And so I never pretended that I would be good at it. I just also really love the smell of tomato vine when you're mm-hmm. like you touch the vine and you like rub it a little bit and then you smell your fingers it's just gorgeous to me like I just chase that smell which is where I started so tell me a little bit about your relationship adjacent to plants or whatever it was growing up like what was that like for you because I had no idea we never actually talked about it before yeah so I think the the my grandmother was the gardener um and so my grandmother had a garden when I was growing up and she, I remember her spending a lot of time in it. I don't think I had a lot of like, I don't think I was aware of how much that was a thing that she did and cared about until I got older. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as I got older, she didn't have it for too much longer. She moved after my grandfather passed away. Let's say I would have been like 12 at the time. And then after, shortly after that, she moved into an apartment and like hasn't really been, and has always been a person with plants. Mm-hmm. Like any, anytime you walk into my grandmother's apartment, it's like, it's like a rainforest because oh, she wow. keeps it very hot and there's just plants everywhere. Um, and so I always thought of her as like an indoor plant person, but the older I'm getting, the more I'm remembering like, oh yeah, that's right. My grandmother used to garden a lot. Um, in fact, she was the person that I first called when I saw this place in the outdoor space out back. And I was just like, I don't, I don't know where to start. What do I do? Um, and so her suggestion, she was the one who made the suggestion of like, you know, well, first things first, you need to go out there and figure out what the sunlight looks like. Mm. Um, and like, what's, how much sun are you getting in at what times? And yeah. And so I think like, in contrast, my mother is like me. And I think like, you know, could kill a succulent. Like she's- we're, I can too, by the way. Oh, this yeah. is like a thing. This I, is- I didn't know that you, that that was a thing <laughs> right? people thought you to, couldn't do. Because like, I remember <laughs> growing up in a household full of dried up succulents and just being like, oh, those are things you're supposed to not be able to kill. Well, yeah, right. well, good job, Crystal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so like, you know, I think she inherited a lot from my mother. There, Her mother, my grandmother, a lot alike in a lot of ways. That is one of their most stark differences. Like my mother is not a garden person, not a plant person. Um, and so like there have been times, and in fact, I think after I went off to college, um, for a brief period, my mom was actually the, my mom is also a teacher, uh, and a was- A college professor. College professor. Excuse me, excuse me. And was for a brief period, the chair of her department um, and apparently when you're chair of the department, you have to have like people over to your house for dinners and events and whatnot. And I remember one time she was like, oh, people are coming over. I have to call people to come and plant flowers outside the house. So That's it looks like we garden. Do. And she, and, it, and they lived about as long as that first round. Like as soon as those flowers died, they were dead. And that was the end. It's so funny. Like, so we were just in New Hampshire and we went up like the coast, you know, just for a beach day. And there's mansions there on the coast, you know, as you go to like Rye, New Hampshire, that are just ridiculous. And my son, who's, you know, seven years old, he very much right now identifies as a he and, you know, you've met him. He loves Uncle Gene for that. He says hello. Oh. Tell, tell Uncle Gene I said hello. It was the last thing he said to me. I love this kid a lot. <laughs> you okay. let him be 
who he is, which <laughs> I'm, I'm a fan is, is wonderful. And you gave him his first, like, what is it? Like the game? We also, yes, he got a Wii U from me, the defunct pre Nintendo switch. So we have this to bond over. Yeah, no, it was awesome. But he's just like, Oh, I want that house and that house. I'm like, you don't understand. None of these people put this in themselves. Like yeah. The people that own these properties have about 50 to a hundred other people that come in and out and they have to manage that. And like, for me, that sounds exhausting. Like I have my work and I have a supervisor. That's my dog, Zoe. Hi Zoe. It's okay. <laughs> what? She's just investigating, yeah. making sure everything's safe. Sometimes it's safe to hear the sound of your own voice, you know? I hey. Um, with the genre. And I'm like, Hugo, you're going to have to like talk to so many people. Like, I don't know if this is your hang. And I, what, sound, what it sounds to me like is like your grandmother and my grandmother did it themselves. The whole. Absolutely. From, from bulb to like, you know, show day. Although Absolutely. my grandmother did know how to like finagle some help and support from like the neighboring, like. The neighbor who could lift something much easier than she could. You, you know, know I'm sure my grandmother situation. could. Although she took a lot of pride in like, this is mine, I did it alone. Like, this, this is my area, you all stay out of it. And um, I'm, I'm a digression person, so we're just going to go ahead and go down this road. What was one thing that, so you you were able to see your grandmother's gardens. Like, do you have a memory of that? And yeah. when you picture it in your mind, what are some of the things that, stand out or maybe like one thing that she grew or that you tasted or I'm not sure because there's different gardens right there's flower there's uh ornamental gardens that are beautiful to look at and then there's like edible gardens where you like eat it's like meant to sustain you or there's a little bit of okay maybe with and the, as you're saying this I'm herbs. recovering a memory actually so two things one my grandmother only ever grew flowers that I recall huh. I'm sure that if she if you asked her she'd tell you differently but all I ever remember is there being flowers and them being pretty flowers, but like the kind of flowers that I remember always thinking were like, oh, these are like kind of pretty old lady flowers. <laughs> um, and But I remember being impressed by just like the precision of the manicuring. Like she's one of those people who keeps like a perfect circle of mulch around all the base of her trees. Mm -hmm. And then that perfect circle of mulch is also like mowed. And it's just like, I remember thinking like, I can't, I can't wrap my head around how you make this happen out of nature. Um, but the thing I was recovering was like, wait, there was another person in my life who grew things or tried to grow things. My stepfather recently passed away, uh, but, but he was like obsessed with trying to make a garden happen in the backyard. Mm -hmm. And like my backyard and my house in Dayton at the time was like, on this incredibly deep, steep hill. So like the backyard had a tree in the middle of it. And then like truly probably a hill at like a, 45, 50 degree, like just a steep hill in the back. And he would go to the top of the hill and plant peppers. And like he got peppers to nothing ever but peppers, but like peppers and truly of every conceivable size. Wow. Like, and so I remember there being just like an over harvest of green peppers one year and like making pepper jelly, which was gross, but just like <laughs> trying to find something to do with all these green peppers. Um, so yeah, I think I I think I gravitate in my own life and space towards like everything in my home needs a utility in order mm -hmm. for me to care about it. And so like I would prefer I am more drawn to food than plants. Um like than flowering plants. Yeah. Uh but but I'm open to, you know, all of the things. So in terms of your grandmother like I still have questions about that. So in terms of the ornamental plants or flowers, what is it a color that comes to mind? There's a deep, like, because I don't know any names of any flowers. I'm uh, like, oh, that looks pretty. I like, same. Oh, I don't know any names cool. of flowers. Like, I don't, Hawaiian hibiscus, that's. I feel cool. like I remember them being a thing that would change seasonally. Like, mm -hmm. I remember them being a thing that was like, 
there were colors that felt to me like they matched the seasons. Like it would be wow. sort of pink in the spring and then there would be sort of like autumnals or yellows and oranges in the fall. I mean, it's, I don't know if that's because it's like the things you plant just go through the natural cycle of plants or if there were like actual changes. Um, so yeah, I don't, I, I think, uh, I, I, I don't, I don't know enough about plants, but I do suspect that there were, that there were a mixture of things that like bulbs that go grow on the ground and sort of come back every year and they are the same plant. Um, and then things that she would change out every year. Um, and then like some things that were just sort of year long projects. Yeah. My first shock was that there's two types of plants, apparently an annual and a perennial and these mean things. Yep. And the perennial is like the one that you get to leave alone that will come back next year and visit you again. Which I endlessly find counterintuitive. Like, doesn't it seem like the annual should be the every year? Because isn't that what annual means? <laughs> yeah, what does perennial mean? Like, we're English I mean, I think majors, perennial means, like, consistently reoccurring in yeah, a way. But, yeah. like, who cares and knows that? I moved in. We The house that we moved into... Um, the landscaping, it's interesting and weird to uh, inherit somebody else's completely overgrown um, Ah, good to know. Uh, we just were informed that you can record for 30 minutes max and we're at 21 minutes, which I think that's what our goal was anyway. Um, but it's weird to discover that things were intentional because at first when things are super overgrown, you don't know, you can't tell a weed apart from like an iris that hasn't, you know, sprouted or something like that. And I'm like, where are these things coming from? And sometimes I killed them because I thought they were weeds. I'm like, oh, that's a cherry tree. All right. Um, so it seems like your grandmother had a really good handle on what she wanted and how she wanted it. And that's incredibly admirable. And I genuinely have no idea where she got it from because it doesn't seem, I mean, like she's, in this she used to stand out in our family. Like I can't think of anyone else who like, cares that much or like has taken that kind of initiative and i mean i think a lot of it probably had to do with i suspect that she was one of the first sort of homeowners in the family mm -hmm. um so she was one of the first people who like you know had a space that was hers and that she wanted to tend um mm -hmm. yeah but but it's definitely not a, a room thing of that, one's own absolutely but an outdoor space of one's own. absolutely yeah yeah especially because like my you know my grandmother was my grandmother she had kids and so like there were always people and husbands and work and she was a teacher as well uh, and so there's always just like other things to do and care about and nurture and not ever really a thing that's just yours yeah uh, and so i think that was probably the appeal that was her thing for herself yes i totally get that like those podcast and blog is kind of like my thing for myself. And I love that. <laughs> um, before we move on to what you're thinking about, because now I understand utility is important to you. So what are we going to do with this pot and this dirt as a starter kind of to your garden? With your stepfather, my condolences, by Thank the way. You. I know I remember talking to you when it happened. Um, it seems like he was, a, you know, he will be very missed. And, Truly. Um, with the peppers, did... Any like it seemed like he was successful, so no wildlife try to eat it, or did he have a way? Oh no, no, no! Of this was an it? ongoing like I remember. No wildlife absolutely tried to eat it, um, and I think honestly that peppers maybe just propagate so much that like he was able to keep what they didn't get to. Because I remember this being like an ongoing like because I think when you plant that kind of thing, 
anything that's like a big enough plant that it grows into a thing that an animal could dig up, you will discover not just birds, but like all of the wildlife that live in your, and I mean, it's Ohio, there's wildlife. So like he would tell me, like squirrels were the big one. He mm-hmm. was very like, truly by the end of his gardening days. In fact, maybe the reason he stopped gardening was because he gave up the world war against the squirrels. Um, <laughs> I didn't know that squirrels could eat plants. I, I knew about rabbits, deer, um, I guess rats, apparently. Yeah. That's a thing. Yeah, especially in the Northeast, I would imagine. Mm. Um, and then the other big one was apparently there was a raccoon in the area that liked to do... And I, and I don't... I grew up in that house. I never remember seeing raccoons around. But I guess if you plant peppers, they'll show up. Did he have, like, any kind of fencing around? Yeah, so he eventually it? got, like, bright orange netting that my mother hated because <laughs> it, wasn't it was pretty. a constant source of your like, grandmother probably wouldn't have liked it either I'm it was a it was like every time we were every time it came out she was like he just went to a construction site and got <laughs> some material and decided it lives in our house <laughs> she now it was it well, was a point of something and feed the family it was and a, like yeah, feed the family peppers enough. it yeah. was a, it was a point of contention <laughs> That is so funny. But how tall was the fencing then? Like, do you know? Like, do I you don't measure? remember. It wasn't more than like, it wasn't a thing you couldn't step over. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't too tall. So here, the way that your um, backyard is set up is you actually have netting on either side. It's really great. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost like a dream come true because it can be a lot of work to try to, I've seen people's crazy outdoor, like, you know, garden houses where they have fencing all over the place. And I'm like, oh, that's not my, I can't even get to that level. Um, but in the time that we have remaining, let's talk shops. So we have a big pot, big enough for you to fit multiple, maybe like flowers that you like, or, um, herbs, or probably big enough, like really big enough for like a big plant, like a tomato plant or a cucumber or, um, zucchini. Like, so, Oof. so it's a lot of choices, but take a breath. Cause you know what? The, the thing is. It, it might die, and I learned this the hard way, and I'll ask you at the very end, like, so <laughs> if it dies, what what are we prepared to do? So, like, let's talk shop and let's get creative. What would you like to do with it? I guess I hadn't thought about a pot as a place where you could put multiple plants. Um, and so I'm, 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 I'm attracted to the idea of doing, like, multiple, like, sort of, again, I can't get over that I think everything should be utility-based, although maybe I don't want to be inviting too many pests. Uh, no, I stand by my choices. Herbs. I want herbs. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what I would like is like, so what the situation we're working with is there's like a raised bed in the front and then along the side, like just sort of more dirt. Um, I think the along the side, I planted grass seed. We'll see if it ever Ooh. actually becomes grass. Uh, but like, so along the side, ideally there will be grass. Uh, in the front then, I, I, I do like the idea of a tomato plant. I think maybe start with herbs and then work my way up to something I have to prune a little less aggressively. Um, I have never pruned my tomato plants. I'm a bad, the, <laughs> I am an unseasonable gardener. Like I don't, they grow wild because I have a hard time with hurting things and cutting things down. I'm a Fair. terrible, terrible Fair. gardener. And those are the ones that it seems like the animals leave alone the most. Um, so we can talk about that. And depending on like, cause you know, if you don't eat that many tomatoes, like you, you don't get that many at a time. So it's not like you're going to be able to make like a whole like stew out of it or something like that. But the, Herbs, you can do different ones that can serve multiple purposes. And I know like you're an amazing chef, really. I would, I think I'm drawn to the idea of starting with like a bunch of herbs and then next spring coming, or maybe winter, I don't know when you plant things, but next year coming back and trying like something bigger. Well, I you think got, that's... you got the space out there and already kind of like the 
plot to do like a row of tomato plants. Yeah. So yeah, you can actually dream bigger if you want next year and just do it in the ground, like well, actual ground. <laughs> space isn't the limitation on my dreams. It's definitely my ability to keep from killing plants. Yeah. Um, are you thinking of starting from seed or from something that's already kind of like you see it in the Oof. little like container thing? You're like, I'm going to stick that in there. I love the fantasy of starting from seed and I've tried a bunches of times. I think that the reality is that either way, either way, I'm bad at both. Whatever. Yeah. But then you get to use them quicker if you already buy them kind of already brought up. I think maybe else. that's what I'm doing wrong. It's like I buy them already like you know plants and i'm like oh i have a basil plant i'll just cut all these leaves off and make pesto and then i don't have a basil <laughs> plant anymore yeah so like seeds are better because they force a kind of patience that i don't naturally have so we're gonna have to like have a follow-up and maybe we'll like with this podcast i'll post some pictures of like the before and then post some pictures of like what you decide to do and the after it. and maybe even like with your entire backyard like this is this is the before this is your canvas that you will decide you know what you're gonna do with and then we'll have to revisit it i'm happy to share i'm excited for this journey for both of us oh will there be plants <laughs> i think it's a really great place to end then since we only have 30 minutes on this free ish anchor <laughs> uh you know um podcast thing but one last question so when you do a podcast and you listen to it back is that painful and brutal and what am i like getting myself into here when only I have to... the first couple of times why because then you get used to it the thing that's painful and brutal about it is no one knows what their own voice sounds like or rather mm -hmm. the thing you're hearing in your head isn't the thing everybody else is hearing and that dissonance is always jarring but then you remember that like everybody else is hearing the thing that you will now be hearing and they still like you it's fine let yeah. it go well because you're my first guest i know this is gonna like really take off i mean i'm just like <laughs> I will send timeline. all of my star power your way. <laughs> well, I'm so excited. Let's go shopping then. Let's, Let's do go it. shopping and check out the cool Brooklyn, whatever, wherever we can get a, a plant to stick in the ground, basically. Are there places around here that you've where seen? Where can't you get a plant to stick in the ground? Especially in Brooklyn. Especially a tree grows. A tree grows, but also maybe 